What is up, Janksters? It's your boy, Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet. And today we have another March of the Machines spoiler that I wanna overthink and really break down and see, is it good? And the card I'm talking about today is Gingitaxis. Now you'll note, uh, I just said Gingitaxis. That's actually the card's official name. It's not Gingitaxis Progress Tyrant. It's not Gingitaxis the Core Augur. It's not Gingitaxis Mechanist Mastermind or some other like long-winded title. It's just Gingitaxis. Now we have also seen artwork for a number of the other Praetors from March of the Machine. So it's reasonable to assume this is going to be a convention that we see in a whole cycle of new monocolor Praetors and that's interesting, I like it. And Gingitax is the one where we've seen the whole card. Now, this card is interesting. It is a double-faced card. It's a transforming double-faced card. So there's a lot of complexity and a lot of stuff happening here. So let's get into it. So Gingitaxis is three blue-blue for a legendary creature, Phyrexian Praetor, five-five with Ward two. So on right stats, good deal. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell with mana value three or greater, draw a card and you can pay three and a blue, exile Gingitaxis, then return it to the battlefield, transformed under its owner's control, activate only as a sorcery and only if you have seven or more cards in hand. So before we flip it over and go into the back, let's just take a look at the front. It's a decent creature, good stat line, and uh, you draw cards whenever you cast big spells. I don't know about you, but in Commander, I'm casting three plus spells all the time. And I also do have a number of decks that use Karuga the Macro Sage as my companion. In which case, like, by definition, unless you're doing some sneaky stuff with, like, split cards or adventures, every single spell you cast in the entire deck will trigger this thing. So you're drawing additional cards like crazy. Add into the fact that there are a lot of card draw spells that put, you know, that, that are spells with mana value three or greater. So your thirst for discoveries, thirst for knowledge, those are just drawing additional cards on their own, plus another one off this. And then you also have cards like Silver Scrutiny, Sphinx's Revelation. Those kinds of things are just bananas so that you can easily get up to that, you know, seven cards in your hand to flip this thing. So I think this is a very reasonable cost. That said, the needing to have seven cards in your hand before you can flip it is is real. Like you have to build your deck with that in mind. Otherwise this thing's never gonna flip. You know, that that's not, having seven cards in your hand in the late game is not easy to pull off. So you need to be aware of that. Now, if you do pull it off, you have seven cards in your hand and you flip it, what do you get? Boop, 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 boop. We get a saga called The Great Synthesis, which given the way Phyrexians operate, I don't wanna be a part of anything that they think of as The Great Synthesis. That sounds like a bad time to me. <clears throat> anyway, so this is a saga, it does not have read ahead. So we start at chapter one and work our way down. And chapter one says, draw cards equal to the number of cards in your hand. You have no maximum hand size for as long as you control The Great Synthesis. So. That means that you get, you know, you you have no maximum hand size for the three turns that, or the two turns that the Great Synthesis itself is on the battlefield. You will note, it says as long as you control the Great Synthesis. So you don't have to discard the cards that you get in those two turns. You will have to discard beyond that, but, you know, if after chapter three on this, but... All the same, you had to have at least seven cards in your hand to flip this thing, so you are drawing at least seven cards with that chapter one. Holy crap, that is a lot of cards. Then, chapter two, 
return all non-Phyrexian creatures to their owner's hands. So this just resets the board in a very big way, assuming that you're running primarily, if not exclusively, Phyrexians in your deck, knowing that you've got that. So this just bounces everything. Freaking everything. I love that. It's, it's a very powerful effect. Uh, it's no joke. Yeah, that's that's incredible. So in a game of Commander, this resets everything. In more 60-card formats, I don't know that this card is going to see a lot of play. Maybe in Standard. I mean, I'm definitely going to try making it work in Standard. But I think in... in yeah, and I, I think it's way too expensive and way too difficult to get here, you know, to this phase uh, for it to be outside of Commander, in my opinion. I could be wrong on that, be very interested. And then, when you get to Chapter 3, you may cast any number of spells from your hand without paying their mana costs. Exile the Great synth Synthesis, then return it to the battlefield. And when you return to the battlefield, it flips back to Ginger Taxes. So, here's the sequence. You have Ginger Taxes online. You manage to get up to seven cards again. You pay the four. Your opponent hopefully doesn't like kill Jin in response or something like that because that is a nasty blowout that can happen. But assuming that doesn't happen and this goes off without a hitch, you flip this over, you draw seven cards and you don't have to discard any of them. You then reset the entire board with chapter two. You then have any of the mana that you have in your pool to work with for that turn. Great, you can do some cool things presumably. Then when you get to chapter three, you now have omniscience for the turn. You'll note that doesn't just impact the cards that are in your hand at the start of the turn. This is all spells. You just have omniscience for the turn. You can cast any spell for free. You'll also note when you cast spells for free, their mana value is still, their, their mana value, just not paying the cost. And so when Ginger Taxes is back face up, if the spells you're casting have mana value three or greater, you will draw additional cards as your omniscience just chaining off with more than a dozen card in your, cards in your hand to begin with, and you keep drawing more cards. Like, if there isn't a way for you to win <laughs> while you're doing that, something has gone horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. Like, that is nothing short of insane. The, the situation, like, that's the kind of thing that you normally have to pull off two or three card combos to enable. The fact that you get it all on one card is bananas. You get an omniscience that loads your hand, that continues to draw you cards as you cast spells. That is busted. Busted. So, you need spells that you can cast. So, where, what deck am I putting this in? I'm probably not generally, like, the first thing I think of is, like, as a control finisher, because that kind of setup is so stupid powerful. The problem with that is that in control, you generally want spells that are cheaper than three to give you an opportunity to interact with what your opponent's doing. So, if you're getting, you know, if you draw a whole mess of cards and they're all fading hopes and negates, like that, sure, that you can do a lot with those in a traditional game, but they don't feed into Jin's ability. So it's going to make that possibility of, if you actually jump through all these hoops, going pretty much infinite at the end there is going to be very difficult to do. So that's not necessarily great. You probably want some some number of those cards just so you're not completely dead by turn three in most in most situations, um, at least in competitive environments. But uh, yeah, this is this is a wild card. I think I would want this. So the, where I want to put this is in, in a blue-based commander shell 
that is already drawing a ton of cards with cards like Reliquary Tower, Triska File, um, Font of Endless Water, these cards that give you an unlimited hand size. So I'm already drawing a ton of cards. I already have like no hand size concerns. That way, also in Commander, games can run long and things can take a minute to, to unfold as you go. So if I get to a point where I have nine mana available, which is not a crazy proposition in that format, if I already if I have eight plus cards in my hand, I can just play Jin and activate on the exact same turn. That is a very powerful situation because then immediately we get the great synthesis, we're cruising down the chain and life is good. That's definitely where I wanna be with this, uh, but setting that up is difficult. So setting that up is very difficult. I don't think this is gonna make any meaningful competitive waves in like standard Pioneer Modern, any of that jazz. I, I don't see it. I think it's way too expensive. It's also very fragile. The Ward 2 is super helpful. It absolutely is. But, you know, it can, you know, you, you can find yourself uh, in a situation where it still dies to, you know, like, yeah, their Infernal Grasps or whatever cost four instead of two, but they still take them out and you lose a lot. So the Ward is meaningful, but it's not foolproof. It's not uh, the be all end all. So I don't know. I like the card, I think it's interesting. It definitely fits in a situation where you can protect it, like hold mana back to, for counter spells. Don't just run this out on five and expect it to work out for you. <laughs> it's probably not gonna happen, unfortunately. Uh, but yes, draw spells, draw spells, draw spells, draw spells. You need to be drawing an obscene number of cards if you're if you're rocking this in your deck. Uh, I also would not put this as your commander in, in, a, in a commander game, because if your opponents see it coming, they are going to tech against it. They're gonna hold up removal to deal with Jin. That said, if you drop Jin to Texas and manage to flip him into the Great Synthesis, and then your opponent like disenchants the Great Synthesis or something of that nature, that's a little bit of a bummer, but you did draw seven cards off it. So, could be worse. Anyway, I think the card is interesting, but I don't think it's great, is really the bottom line. I'm gonna try to build stuff around it, but uh, I don't anticipate it being a huge player. Um, oh, also in Limited, actually in Limited, it's a 5-5 five, five for five with Ward 2 that can potentially draw you a card or two. So it's funny, In I think if you're playing Limited, now we, we haven't seen the rest of March of the Machine, so I'm not sure the, what how fast is that environment gonna be, what cards are gonna be good in that setting. We just don't know yet. But honestly, I think this is actually probably gonna be a pretty good pickup with the expectation that you never hit that second mode, that you, you never flip it. Because on the front face, you still have a 5-5 five, five in blue with Ward 2 that can draw you cards when you cast other spells. That's not bad, you know? Just, that, that guy can still get the job done. Uh, you know, I have a feeling it's gonna be one of the least sexy mythics you could pull in Limited, but it's not bad, anyway. Thank you so much for checking out the video. I appreciate it very, very much. Also, I do apologize. This actually came out a little bit later than I had planned. Uh, I uh, My area got hit with a really nasty ice storm last week, and I was without power for quite a few days, and uh, I felt it. So I apologize for the delay in getting this out. I've got more of these episodes coming. Don't you worry. Uh, but in the meantime, stay good to each other, and I'll catch you on the next one.